I call the meeting to order City of University Heights City Council meeting. Tonight is February 8th, 2022, and the meeting is being conducted electronically by Zoom. Welcome everyone. Uh, uh, roll call, all five council are present. And so the first uh, thing, order of business is approval of minutes. And we have a special meeting orientation minutes and we have minutes of January 11th. And I'll just combine them together for now. Are there any additions or corrections to either minutes? Hearing none, the minutes are approved by unanimous consent. So we'll start with comments from the public. Several public are here tonight. Would anyone like to speak to the council? Pat just, uh, Pat Yegi put in a, in the chat, no public comments from me. Okay. Um, and Mary, if you would like to address the council at all, feel free to unmute and do so. Okay. Okay, we'll go on. I don't hear anything sure. from Mary. No. Thank you. No. Thank you for attending. Okay, first order of business is discussion of proposed tax levy rate for FY23 budget. And uh, Bobby Scott and Steve Cool, uh, who'd like to who'd like to start the meeting? Take it away, Steve. Okay. Okay, I'll go ahead and take care of most of it here. Thank you, Steve. Uh, okay, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, well, this is, uh, this will be a refresher for the, those of you that have been on the council so far and, uh, for the new members, uh, this will be a little bit, uh, of information about the budgeting process. Uh, tonight's meeting, uh, covers the first of three steps. Uh, the first step here is to approve the maximum property tax levy that we want to uh, have levied for fiscal 22-23. And that is on the uh, attachment that is in your packets. Uh, it's a single page. Um, so tonight we are going to, I'm going to basically just go over this and what this means, and a little bit of the legal and history behind this and um, then have just a few other general comments. So, um, so what we're proposing, and this is for the, okay, thanks Mike. Um, this will be the notice of public hearing that will be published in the Iowa City Press Citizen uh, within the week from today. Um, uh, we're announcing the uh, on meeting date, March 1st, uh, public hearing to uh, take any public comment and then approve the levy rates for fiscal 22-23. So um, proposal to submit for publication. Uh, this is the uh, rates, the levy rates that are non-voted. Um, so starting at the top of the chart here, uh, there's three columns with numbers. Uh, the left column, current year uh, certified property tax. This is what we have levied for the current year that we're on. Uh, the middle column is just an illustration. Uh, this would be what the levy rate theoretically would be if we would levy the levy the same dollar amount as what we have this year. The column on the right is what we're actually proposing to set as the maximum levy rates. So on the first line, we have reg regular taxable valuation. This is the taxable valuation of all real estate within the city. Um, currently for this year, it's a little over 80,000. 
for the next fiscal year, it's just a shade below 85 mil or 85 million dollars. Um, that difference of uh, over four million dollars of regular taxable valuation is pretty much all attributable to the hotel property. Um, the uh, there's several tax charts that I get to uh, to compile this information from. Um, and so the total gross value of all property is about twice these amount, but the rollback is how much the property is reduced for, prop, uh, for um, tax levy purposes. So anyway, we're looking at a 5.35% increase in the uh, taxable valuation of all property. It's like I said, it's pretty much all attributable to the hotel property. Um, okay, then third line, regular general, this is assessed at $8.10 per taxable thousand. Uh, we're going to increase from 652000 to a little over $687,000. Um, that's just, that, rate, that increase is strictly due to the taxable valuation increase. Uh, the other amounts here, there are four other levy amounts. Uh, transit, uh, liability, insurance, uh, Social Security, Medicare, IPERS, and other employee benefits, which is health insurance, workers' comp insurance. And anyway, those are, those are specific dollar amount levies. Those don't have a uniform tax rate. So on the current year, when we look at the bottom two lines, the total tax levy for the current year, for these levies here, we have asked uh, that $830,000 be levied against our properties. Um, in the right-hand column, $875,000 is the total for these levies. That's a 5.44% increase. And then the bottom line, um, this is the tax rate. This is the for these levies, what the actual tax rate is um, applied on, on the property tax, that's the city share. Currently for these levies, we're assessing just a shade over $10.30 per taxable thousand. On the right-hand column, um, approving these maximum uh, levy rates for next fiscal year would be just a shade over $10.31 per taxable thousand. So we're, on, we're looking at uh, just slightly less than one cent increase um, levy rate for these levies. Um, let's see, right below that here, we have explanation and significant increases in the budget, uh, pretty much the increase in the dollar amount. Uh, dollar amount for all of this is uh, commercial property construction. Um, insurance premiums continue to increase both, you know, both uh, health and property and liability insurance. Um, and then we also state here that the, uh, the tax rate in, increased by just less than one cent. Um, now, I am going to make one addition. It's just an insert of one word on the second line of that explanation here. We're right after increased in the comma, the tax rate, and I'm going to insert amount increased by just less than one cent. Um, so let's see. Uh, this, will, this will be um, uh, at the public hearing March 1st, um, and then uh, vote to approve the levy rate. Um, then after that has been approved, then we can proceed with the actual budget for fiscal 22-23. Uh, right now, uh, the status on that is we have a sig significantly is completed. We still have a few numbers that we're working out. Um, right now, things are 
looking um, a little better than what we were kind of expecting, uh, partly because we've kind of been uh, cramped the last two years with COVID. Um, so um, the other item I wanted, I didn't want to mention, um, as far as on the budget, what we're talking about for the total levies, there's also a debt service levy, which is on the bonded debt. And then there is a library levy that's 27 cents per taxable thousand. Those were voted levies. Those are excluded from this computation here. That was the law that the state passed about three years ago. Um, so right now, I haven't finalized everything, um, just of general interest. Um, on the on the chart here, we just have a tax rate increase of one cent per taxable thousand. Uh, when we add on the libra library and the debt service levy, we're looking at uh, about five point nine cents per taxable thousand increase altogether. And that's I think Bobby and I figured it was like le less around one half of one percent total increase. So that's been one of the smallest tax rate increases we've had in several years here. So anyway, that was, uh, that's what I wanted to discuss. And then, uh, and then the last meeting in this process, third step will be on March 22nd, and that will be the public hearing on the budget and the actual approval of the budget. Uh, the budget is required to be approved and filed with the state by March 31st and also with the county auditor by March 31st. So this is this is the first step. So um, this is the, the information that I have and that I wanted to share tonight. And then in three weeks we'll we'll have a lot more information to discuss. Any questions for Steve? Um, uh, I'd like to have a vote to set the public hearing for March 1st at 7 p.m. Could I have a motion for that? I'll motion. I don't know if you heard that. Motion by Bobby. Is there a second? Second, I'll, Louise. Yep. Second by Lisa. All in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed, say no. Motion carries 5-0. Um, so Steve, you'll be back on March 1st and, uh, we'll have the public hearing and then, uh, see if anyone wants to comment about anything. And then, uh, the council will vote on that, uh, hearing on the yeah. amount. Yeah. And then we'll have a, and then we'll have a full discussion on the budget for, Fiscal 22-23. Okay, so that that meeting could be maybe 45 minutes to an hour. I would mm -hmm. possibly, Pro yeah, probably. roughly, right? Yeah, roughly. Okay. Uh, Bobby, did you want to add anything this time? Um, no. I know no. you've been working on the budget. I know you've been doing a lot of work on the budget. You'll get the numbers. Um, yeah, I don't think That'll, I really have much else to add. I mean, very small okay. increase. Thank you. Okay. So I see that the Tunwalls joined us, that Warren, Deb, and their son Jack joined us. Um, I just had talked about public input. Would you like to speak during public input? I'll open public input again. This is the time you can speak if you want to say something to the council? Sure, thanks. Yeah, I, uh, I've been to a couple meetings recently and several over the years, and I'm still uh, concerned about speeding on COSER and wanted to know if there'd been any progress as follows. I think last time we talked about getting some equipment to do a speed study and there's different discussions, I think on stop signs, it didn't sound feasible, but uh, can you just update me on, on if anything's changed? Uh, they'll talk about it during the police report. Okay. 
Is, do you have any other concerns, Warren? No, no, that was the only thing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we'll go on to, um, let's see. Uh, we're going down to uh, mayor's report and uh, we have a consideration of resolution 2220 or 2202. And this is regarding the hotel construction, authorizing the mayor to sign in the clerk to attest to amendments to the PUD development agreement. And Steve sent around in his legal report, um, all the details of it. And I see that Greg is here tonight and I didn't see, oh, and there's Jim. Jim. And so, um, did uh, you want to make any comments tonight, uh, Greg or Jim? I think you're on mute, maybe. I don't know. I can't hear you. I don't see a mute, but. There I am. Can you hear me? Can Hi, Greg. Hear yeah, we can hear okay. Greg. Um, comments uh, about what we talked about earlier. Or, or what's a CVB or late wait? Well, we're talking about the hotel developers agreement. And oh. uh, you had a couple items that uh, we're needing uh, the council to approve. And oh, one yeah. was lighting and one was solar, right? For example, yeah, that's I, what we're talking about. No worries. Normally, Steve kind of takes the first lead on that. So I, I uh, well, maybe you just want to ask if anyone has questions. Yeah, yeah, does anyone have questions? Yeah, I. Well, I, you did put a report to Steve and it's yeah. in Steve's report and yeah. Jim did too. Jim, did you want to say anything about your reports? I can't hear you, I, you must be on mute. Jim, you might not be on mute, but your volume might be way down. Can't hear you. <laughs> well, oh. no. Jim, can you check and see if your volume level maybe is turned down? No. Well, Zoom let volume. me, well, now he's on mute, but you know, it's a, on my screen, it's at the very bottom yeah. and it has kind of like a volume, <laughs> a volume label. And it took me months to find it. So it's on the, move your cursor, Jim, and on the bottom left. Oh, mine's on the bottom right, but whatever. <laughs> well, no, it's not working. So Steve, why don't you just give a summary to the council for everyone? And we'll start there. Thank you, Steve. Sure, thank, thank you. Uh, I tried to outline things in, uh, my legal report and uh, took through took you through some of the history here. Uh, the, the, I think the short program is that as the hotel construction uh, was was nearing completion, uh, the city staff, um, Terry Gert, our building official, Josiah Bills Kemper, the city engineer, and I, as city attorney, together with different council members and the mayor, you know, looked over uh, various documents. That, that had been part of the approval process for the hotel project, uh, principally the, the PUD uh, development agreement uh, and the PUD plan application uh, and uh, um, went over what had been completed and what remained to be done as, uh, as the hotel was nearing uh, an opening, a targeted opening date in, uh, in you know, late May or early June of last year. And, uh, what happened at the special meeting in May 
was the council adopted a resolution uh, 2120 that, that approved a whole bunch of uh, requirements from those, those uh, various documents that permitted the hotel to be built and then identified what document, what uh, items remained and, and issued uh, or authorized this, the Terry Gert, the building official, authorized the issuance of a, of a certificate of occupancy uh, pending the completion of, of all the remaining items. The certificate was issued at that point because none of the remaining items were, were viewed as you know, life safety uh, concerns. Uh, so, so Terry assured the council that, that the hotel was safe to open. And so it did open. And then periodically since then, um, uh, uh, Jim Glasgow and Greg Stiltner have uh, updated the council on progress with respect to uh, various items. Uh, I've circulated, you know, updated punch lists and, and sometimes included those uh, in legal reports of the items that needed, uh, that remain to be completed and that have been completed. Um, there was a point in November where, again, we kind of collected uh, and uh, organized where things were. And I, I included in my, my submission over the weekend the, the, the legal report from November just to orient the council what had been completed at that point and what remained. And really, we were down to, to just a few items and, um, and you know, even fewer now. So the, the short, as I said, the short version uh, of where we are is that uh, nearly everything that the city has asked uh, for the developers to complete uh, has been completed in, in one fashion uh, or another. And I say that because, uh, for example, the exterior lighting uh, there were some specifics uh, identified in the in the original PUD development agreement from 2017 with uh, with foot candle values and so forth and and then when the hotel was built uh, there was discussion about you know the measurements of the lighting that's there and they may have exceeded the values in the in the development agreement but the council reached a consensus. Uh, in uh, late 2021 to say, look, measure those for us and we're comfortable approving what's there now, but we wanna put those values in a document so that we can say you can't ex exceed those without some further council approval. So that's a, that's a, a you know, a, an approved item, but we still needed a little info, which we now have. Um, you know, the, the, the lockbox on the, on the emergency uh, entrance and exit, that, that's been completed. Um, the only things that, that are remaining are fencing. Uh, there's, a, there's a fence that's going to go along the, in, the, the length of the hotel property's boundary with the, with the uh, railroad. So, you know, roughly the east or northeast portion of the, of the lot. And um, Jim and Greg have provided estimates, both cost estimates and uh, construction estimates, and have asked to have until July 1 to complete that fencing. Uh, so that's one item that remains. And the other one is, is the, solar, uh, the solar array um, requirement. And um, We've, the, this council and, and the prior council have talked quite a bit about that. Uh, there is information that I circulated with regard to the, um, the uh, feasibility and, and um, that's been provided by the developers. Um, the council, you know, that needs to make a decision on that. And, and the, the request from the developers is to just waive that requirement. Um, I, I do want to point out one item uh, that really hasn't hasn't uh, had a lot of discussion uh, with respect to the solar energy. Uh, and uh, I, I wanna sort of spec this out for you with some detail. I don't think it'll, it'll be terribly long, but, but the PUD development agreement was, uh, was approved and signed in uh, December of 2017. And at that time, uh, the hotel was, was contemplated to be five stories 
and have you know kind of a flat flat roof with uh, you know HVAC and mechanical things on on the top on the top. And then shortly after that, uh, and Greg and Jim can speak to this. I, what I remember is that somebody back in 2017 suggested, what about a restaurant at the top? And I, I, what I remember, and Jim can correct me if I'm, what's that? Bill Brandt. Okay. Well, there was some push, not pushback, but I remember Jim kind of smiling saying, we're not, we're not, we're not doing restaurants, we're building a hotel. And I may, I may have that wrong, Jim. And if, if I, if I, if I am, um, I apologize. But shortly thereafter, in a few months, I remember coming, those coming back and Jim saying, well, everybody wants a, wants a restaurant. So now we want, we want to build one. And the council said, you know, kind of fine. Uh, we, the council, uh, um, revised and amended uh, some of the approval documents, uh, the, the PUD plan application, which has the design sheets, the site plan, landscaping plan, those kinds of things uh, to, to show, okay, it's going to be six floors now with a, with a, uh, a restaurant on the roof. Uh, the zoning ordinance was amended to provide for additional height and, and use uh, uh, to, to provide for that use. Um, but at that time, uh, there wasn't really a discussion that I recall, and, and for sure I can say that there, was, there nobody revisited that that solar idea. And and I'm not I'm not a builder, and I'm not a solar uh, expert, but I think it's fair to say that as originally contemplated, I think people kind of thought the whole roof would be available for solar. Um, or at least a good part of it, because there wasn't going to be anything else on the roof except for mechanical things. Um, but but then when 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 that changed and there there became the idea of having a restaurant and a and a conference space up there, uh, well that that I would say reduced the availability of of the footprint, if you want to call it that, that solar might be uh, might be able to be installed on. And um, but there wasn't any adjustment made. So, um, I, you know, as I said, I'm not a builder and I'm not the building official, but to me, that's something that hasn't received a lot of attention and, and probably something that the council should take into account because as you look at the values and the estimates that are set forth in the uh, materials that have been provided by the developer and, and you know, take a look at, at their position and their request uh, and compare that with uh, what was set forth in the PUD development agreement at a time when no one thought there was gonna be a restaurant. Um, I just think it's, it may be valuable to, to bear that in mind because the restaurant came after the approval of the document requiring solar. And, and then that issue or that item was not, was not revisited at that time. And, Again, I, I really don't know why uh, it didn't come up. I don't think it was on anybody's mind, uh, and, and I, I wanted to throw that in. But as I said in my report, uh, and I, as I've said tonight, the request is to just waive that requirement, and the materials uh, have been submitted. Uh, Mayor Fromm said that, and I'll say it again too. And it's just it's a, it's up to the council in terms of what the council desires to do with respect to all of the items, but in particular that one, because the only other unfinished one really is the is the timing of when that fence gets uh, gets constructed based upon availability of uh, of uh, workers and and obviously the weather at this point. Where are we at with the uh, the restaurant? Is there any? plan at all in the future moving forward? I know the whole COVID thing kind of shot it down, but uh, are you thinking about getting that restarted as the no. COVID settles when, down or, or what's your what's your goal here? When the uh, when the economy comes back full swing and the hospital's wide open and we like we would fully support you know any ideas to uh, put a, a restaurant on top there. Um, I you know, right now the restaurant on the lower level, I, I think the food's amazing, um, but we just still seem to have a, a major disconnect with the community. Of, well, we didn't we didn't know that we're allowed to go in there and eat because it's a hotel. We think it's for the hotel guests. Um, but as far as you know, moving forward in the future, um, you know, I would love to talk to 
any restaurant person that would want to put a restaurant up there. Um, because to me, it's like I said, I built this hotel for the community the, and I want the best for the community. I just want to be able to pay for the building. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I, I love the project. And if, if a restaurant on top of the hotel makes it better, then so be it. Um, it it'd be a really big restaurant. So, are you actively looking for anybody right now, or are you just waiting for them? Not, not right now, just not at the moment, just because it seems like, you know, we're in our location and the COVID situation doesn't, like, you know, when Peter Harmon backed out, it was, you know, it's just the COVID thing's really killing it, killing the restaurant industry, but... But there's still restaurants opening, like the Athletic Club. I don't know if you guys have been down there. That's a pretty awesome spot. Um, I don't know how they're doing business-wise. but I'm just getting a lot of feedback from folks in the town that were supportive of the hotel when they found out there was a possibility of a rooftop restaurant. And, and now they, they feel kind of slighted that it, it hasn't happened. And they, they feel kind of duped. And I've listened to quite a few people express their disappointment and frustration with that so and I told him you know it's because of the COVID but I want to give him some more information and find out what you know what the, the action plan was if that was still being entertained or if it was part of the requirement you know I, or, or I'm not actively out there trying to uh, find someone to go up there because we're so trying to just keep the space that's up there um trying to keep an income stream on that space and that's even hard um, yeah, I understand. So I, I, if a restaurant is better than, you know, it, I just don't know. It's just, it's such a, a big space that to, to pay for that kind of square footage. Uh, a restaurant, um, you know, owner would have to have a lot of business come in there to pay for that space. And Peter Harmon was ready to do that. And he was excited about it. And we were excited about it. Um, so we just have to ha find someone that's, you know, that's got deep pockets and ready to put a, a big restaurant up there. So, so you have like a, a preset price, you know, right now it's, it's not making you probably a penny, but are you kind of holding up for a certain number? Uh, no, not really. Um, just what, you know, Peter was going to give us was what we gave the bank. The bank was expecting that amount, um, to, uh, as extra in income to pay for the building. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a single number. So it, as long as we were able to produce that, which we haven't been able to produce that with our current, with our current situation, we haven't been able to produce that number either. I so, um, so we're just trying wherever we can to, to make money to pay for the building. You've already hit Montanero, I assume. <laughs> Um, let's see, there was an architect that told me to reach out to him, um, yeah. but I kind of feel like in those situations, if there's people that are looking for a restaurant, then, then they would reach out as well, so. Mm -hmm. Are there any other questions for Greg or maybe Jim, if he can speak? Well, I don't think I'm you sure. can speak, Jim. We can't hear you, so it's okay. What did you say, Greg? I was saying Jim can write down a piece of paper and hold it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I, are there any questions? Because uh, consideration of resolution number 2202 is before the council. Maybe the council would like to get a motion on the table and then we'll have discussion. I'd like to motion. Okay, motion by Stephanie. Is there a second? I'll second. Okay, uh, Lisa second. And discussion. You know, as I, I'm new to the council, so I haven't been through the whole process with you. I know, I know you've had a rough start. I, if this was a fresh start and we weren't in the middle of a pandemic and all, it would have been nice to have seen more follow through on some of the sustainable measures in my mind. But um, I understand where you're at. 
I don't know that anybody's expectation should have been that it would have been a net zero building and that you should have covered the whole roof and solar and all of that. Any little bit helps reduce the energy usage. So even if it's a little array, that would have been great in my mind. But I did check this out. The I think your payback is actually worse than it shows up in this analysis because the rate quoted here is uh, Alliant energy rate of 14 cents a kilowatt, whereas it's less than that. It's only eight cents a kilowatt for mid-Americans. So that would make your financial payback many years longer if you were forced to take this option. So I'm not gonna hold you to it. And I'll, I'll support it uh, moving ahead. Any other comments? Okay, uh, well, okay, yeah. go ahead, Steph. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Jim would have spoken more to numbers on his report. Um, I just wanted to point out the fact that uh, there was only about 2,000 square feet that was gonna be able to be used for the solar. And out of that, the numbers that I was reading was that that would equal about two weeks of power, which just doesn't seem very feasible. And uh, I agree, I think that, you know, I'm very green and environmentally friendly. I want sustainability for our community, but I just don't think that this project is, uh, you know, since, things have changed and it's not just five stories, it's six stories with um, a venue up there and there's not that much room. So I, I agree, I think that this is definitely something we can kind of let them go on. Any other discussion? Okay, Mike, would you give a roll call vote? Gone? Aye. Moore? Aye. Schroeder? Aye. Scott? Aye. Swales? Aye. Motion carries 5-0. Thank you. Uh, I know uh, Greg wanted to speak a little bit about putting something on the agenda next month. Uh, do you want to tell them what you're yeah so you guys are all aware of the cvb it's the corvo visitors bureau um josh schomberger is a, a driving force um in bringing uh events to this area um i just know a couple uh i think he's got i think it's softball or volleyball i can't remember for the next 10 years he he contracted with those guys to bring them to the area that helps, you know, state, sorry, it's state volleyball or state softball, I can't remember. Um, but he contracted with them for the next 10 years, which is huge. Um, and then he contracted with uh, wrestling for the next two years, a US um, World Cup, which is, that brings like nine countries to Corville, Iowa nine or 10 countries to Corville, Iowa for the uh, next two years. Um, and, and then they have training camps after that here and they stay here, I think. And um, just, he, he's a driving force in bringing the revenue. And, um, and when he makes all these, these, um, these contacts, he, he, you know, he tells people where to stay and those sorts of things and he can promote us or, or say don't stay there <laughs> you know so he's in the he well makes up you know what we would be giving him but anyway all I want to do is maybe get on the agenda and let him explain it all to you guys on the next meeting if that's possible um to try to make a decision with him and uh supporting his his uh his causes okay I'll put it on the March 8th agenda Stephanie did you want to say something you lit up there for a minute, maybe not. No, no, nope, I'm fine. Okay, okay, I'll put it on the March 8th agenda. He's come to the council before the hotel was built and talked to them just to give some background. 
a couple of different times. And so uh, now that the hotel's built, uh, Greg talked about that. And, and so will you send literature ahead of time for the meeting for council to review some of the things uh, for the March 8th meeting too? And, yeah, yeah, he'll supply you know, anything. Yeah, and so Steve Ballard can see those things too. You bet. So, okay. And so we'll put that on the March 8th agenda. Okay, thank you. And then I have one other thing. Um, okay. I, I, did a, I did get an updated contract on the fence. So um, I'm, it's in process. Just so you guys, we didn't talk about the fence much, but yeah, it's, it's, it's. Coming. Oh, so yeah. So it should be done by July 1st? Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, we'll go on to um, legal report. Uh, Steve, uh, did you wanna say anything else? No. Are there any questions for Steve about his legal report? I'd like to make just a comment. Okay, Steph. Yeah, I just wanted to comment to Steve that uh, I really appreciate his legal report reports each month, that if you take the time to read through them, everything is explained out. And um, I wanted to just touch base on the Finkbine rede redevelopment. Um, if you read in Steve's report, it's really well laid out um, that, you know, the history and the background and also things that I didn't even take into consideration, possibly things like uh, excluding ages would be out of, you know, um, will be prohibitive to other uh, restrictions and state laws. And uh, I'm just... Uh, I'm saying I, I really appreciate everything that Steve has to say. I didn't know if he was going to say anything about that development, but um, I think if anybody has any questions, they can go back and read his legal report, and it's it's really well written. Thanks. Thank you. Any other comments or questions for Steve? Okay, we'll go on. Um, the city clerk report. Mike, you sent around the report. I really don't have anything to add to that either. A relatively quiet month, so. Any questions for Mike? Okay, we'll go to the city treasurer report. And um, Lori was under the weather, but she's listening tonight. And uh, she sent around her report this morning and um, the warrants list is there and uh, for council to review. Are there um, any additions or corrections to the warrants? Is there any objection to pay in the warrants? Hearing none, the warrants will be paid by unanimous consent. Thank you. Um, we'll go on to the police chief report and committee report. Chief Kelsey, you got your report out so quick. On it's Friday. It's, I think it was timely, not early. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yes. Uh, given that both Warren and uh, Mary Panther are in the room and they are two of the community members who have I have communicated with about closure, I'll start with that. Uh, we have scheduled or we have arranged for there to be another traffic survey to revisit this again, but council wanted some updated data so they weren't just having the same conversation that they've had in the past. Uh, that survey will be done in the spring. Uh, there are certain weather conditions that need to be met so that they're, those little blocks that they put down adhere to the street and, and count accurately. Uh, it is not yet scheduled. Uh, Warren, I sent you a message. I'm not sure if you received it in the chat room. If you would like, I'll be glad to reach out to you and let you know once that is scheduled. And that way, if you, if that's the only reason you're attending the council meetings, you don't need to, I can reach out and let you know. Uh, we 
the Metropolitan Organization has agreed to work with us on dates just to make sure that some of the unique timing factors that are, are, are maybe specific to our community and traffic that flows through there, that it's being scheduled uh, and coordinated with us so that we get some meaningful data and there's not any asterisks next to it. So I can't tell you when that will happen, uh, but it will be sometime this spring once the weather changes. And then once that information is collected, I don't know if it will, who from the Metropolitan Organization will come, but somebody will present that information to council and, and do a summary or an analysis to council for it to try to give it some meaning. So that's all I have to report on that particular project. In the meantime, we continue to have the speed trailer down there, although I do believe that I, I'm going to move it up to sunset for a little while, but just so you're aware of that. The other things that I'd like to touch on very briefly, Mayor, is uh, snowfall, again, as, as we had before council began, I noted that we haven't had much snowfall. Uh, Officer Brinkema, though, continues to do a stand-up job going out and shoveling the fire hydrants. I spoke with Stephanie, uh, we met, and she had some ideas about how to maybe promote out at the actual fire hydrants to encourage some residents to, to let them know as they walk by, hey, this fire hydrant needs adopting. So uh, you'll, see, you'll see us pursue some of those options, uh, hopefully maybe stimulate some, some more interest in that program. But I, I just wanted to tip my hat to Brian, to Officer Brinkema again. And then the only other thing I wanted to touch on because it was important to pass council, uh, there was an article on February 2nd, KCCI actually ran a news story on human trafficking. And I know when the Marriott was under the initial proposals and consideration and then development, there was interest particularly at that council to make sure that there was human trafficking training or human trafficking awareness training. Uh, I know they were assured that Marriott provided that already, uh, but this KCI, KCCI story was how that more than 60% of Iowa lodgings are currently not in compliance with the Iowa, with the new Iowa law that went effect in January 1st. That's a little bit misleading. They don't have to comply. If they choose not to comply, they're not eligible for certain funding, but regardless, uh, I wanted to do follow-up because I, I thought that maybe some of this council would be interested in it. And Marriott did provide all of the training uh, that they promised and they've gone above and beyond. They provide you know, ongoing and, and kind of detailed training to both their management teams and particularly their housekeeping staff, You know, the, the personnel who are likely to see signs of human trafficking. Uh, they have already received their certificate of compliance from the state for the law that went into effect uh, January 1. So anyway, I just, I wanted to follow up in Marriott, the courtyard by Marriott, the management team that's down there has, has lived up to everything that they've said they were going to and they are providing training above and beyond the, uh, the new Iowa law that, that requires training. So again, kudos to past council for, for being ahead of the curve on this. And when Iowa kind of caught up, uh, tip of the hat to the Marriott for, for being all over it. And that's really all I have. Any questions for Troy? Uh, Stephanie, did you wanna add anything? Uh, I just like to reiterate the, what Troy said is, as far as you know, um, that our officers are aware of the speeding on COSER specifically and um, our I, I've been told doing extra, you know, keeping an extra good eye out for it and extra policing is an effect for it. Um, one thing I wanted to just mention briefly, and it's not necessarily to do with my, uh, my community policing detail, but um, I had the opportunity to speak with Katie Herbolt. She's one of our business owners at OUP. She owns Sidekicks. And um, we've been discussing a possible festival to put on for all of University Heights to promote all of the businesses that are here. And we're looking at maybe even doing something as soon as this summer, like in June. Um, lots of different ideas as far as a stage with bands and uh, maybe Chalk the Walk or uh, bounty houses. We'd like to get everybody involved, but I just, uh, I've had a chance to mention it to a few of the counselors 
And I just wanted to let them know that uh, this is something I'm going to be pursuing. And if you have any questions or any more comments or ideas, uh, I'm always available. Please reach out to me. So. Thank you. Thank you, Steph. Thank yeah. you, Chi. Any questions for Steph? Okay, we'll go on to um, engineer's report and committee report. Josiah, do you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I submitted a written report. I'll touch on a couple items um, going in order. So one, one, I submitted a that first draft budget for discussion on uh, streets and sidewalks uh, budget items. Um, second item, uh, just an update uh, for the council that We've been working with the city of Iowa City streets uh, superintendent to document um, some of the processes by which like street repairs, sign repairs, pavement markings, um, traffic signal maintenance, things like that, that have sort of been shared between University Heights and Iowa City. And particularly at, uh, you know, we've got a, a number of different commonly shared boundaries. So a lot of those things have just been handled uh, sort of informally, I guess. And um, so the, the intent was there was to just sort of document that and make it clear who does what. And so we're still working through that with them, but um, what, the, the format that would be, would be a 2080 agreement. Uh, so we're looking at that, uh, getting sort of a draft put together in March and then possibly a consideration of that at the April meeting. Uh, third item. Uh, Finkbine Golf Course or the, the development there that's taken place of the athletic club. Um, I just provided a, an update that we did receive a draft of a site plan and some roadway plans from Melrose to accommodate that new development and have provided some comments back to the city of Iowa City Engineering Department. And we're actually meeting with them tomorrow afternoon as well to sort of go over all those comments and get on the same page um, with their engineering department since uh, the street work and everything space, you know, straddles the, the corporate boundary and everything needs to work together, right? Uh, straddling that line. So we're going to meet tomorrow to start, start that process. Um, as I noted on there, I don't have a good handle yet from them on the timing of all that. So um, I'll be looking to get some information as well and then uh, provide an update to you all. Uh, the last two items I had uh, were the uh, fiber, the residential fiber companies, both IMON and Metronet. Um, the short update there for IMON is that they were working towards getting their designs finalized sometime in February. Um, so I don't, I don't have much to report. Uh, they are still working on that apparently. And then uh, Metronet, um, seems like Metronet's a little bit uh, ahead on their plans. So we are gathering information from them and trying to clarify exactly where their drawings are and what what these handholds and things are gonna be in the right of way. So I'm trying to get some of those details worked out. Um, we're anticipating at the March meeting, we'll have an agenda item for the council to consider and approve at least one portion of their of their work because um, they they split up they split up the work into several sections of town and so at the west side of town which would be the neighborhood west of Sunset Street and south of Melrose would be the area that they would be looking at first so um, we're anticipating again that that would be ready for, at least for consideration by the council at the March meeting. Um, so that, are there any questions on those in general? I, I was going to touch base, Mayor, on a, the budget memo I submitted, if that sounds appropriate. Yes, that's perfect. I don't see any questions for you. Okay. Um, well, the, the, the budget memo here is in the same format that um, those who have been around would be familiar with. Uh, we've got a section on standard budget costs that are recurring every year. 
uh, street maintenance items, sweeping, patching, pavement markings, things like that. Um, snow removal, sanding, hydrant flushing, um, stormwater program administration, street signs, replacements, traffic signal work, um, engineering services. So there's nothing, I guess, new there to report. Um, I do have listed then a number of uh, street or I guess public works projects. I've got them broken up into sections um, from an intersection, like intersection of Oakcrest and Mahaska is number one. Then I've got a, a section of uh, different street projects that have been discussed recently and have, are, are updated here. Uh, number five is a design project for Melrose Avenue, uh, the complete street project or the, or commonly referred to as the Melrose Streetscape project. Um, there's a transit project for uh, building landing pads for the arterial bus stops on Melrose. And then a couple of sidewalk projects listed. Down at the bottom, um, we've got some, uh, not necessarily street projects, but uh, a line item number 10 for a visioning project for entryway signage that came out of the visioning plan. Um, 11 and 12 is arterial and local streets. That's typically money we keep uh, budgeted in there to address arterial or local street panel repairs, typically the following spring after the, after the winter um, and determine if we need replacements to be done. And then we have a line item that was added, I think two years ago, uh, based on council request to have an optional second pavement market, pavement marking painting on Melrose only on, in the spring. So that is the layout. I, I did want to point out that, um, what I wanted to point out was number five, the Melrose Avenue Complete Street Project. So this was, I guess what I wanted to point out was there's a long lead time on getting this project um, from basically start to finish, uh, finish of construction. Um, I'm estimating it's about a two-year window. So that's why I'm putting this down here as um, there's a lot of preliminary engineering and design work that needs to be done. It would have to be done later this year starting in order to get ready for like a 2024, 2025 roadway construction. Um, primarily the, the main reason it's, there's such a buffer is because there's utility relocations. And in this, in this instance, as you all know, that's taking the overhead utility lines and burying them underground, which is a, a big effort. And so you basically need a year buffer to get that planned and then provide the utility companies a year to get everything moved. It's like a project, you know, in and of itself for them to get out of the way before you even start your roadway project. And there's also, uh, we know there's going to be impacts to adjacent properties as far as easements and uh, potentially acquisitions and, um, you know, trying to figure out, locate like where the electric transformers are going to go, the things that will replace the poles. So, um, I just wanted to point that out that, uh, that that project does have a long timeline. So that's an estimate there to get that, get that project, I guess, off the ground officially. Now the rest of it, uh, of those projects, I guess, I think we'll be discussing those in, in March, you know, as the budget comes together, but it really depends on how much, um, budget the city has and the council desires to spend on roadway projects. I've got a good spread there, I think, of, um, you know, lower cost projects. And uh, obviously, some of these streets are pretty expensive. So um, depending on how, how that shakes out, there's, there's a number of things we could, we could find that would be a good bang for bang for your buck. Okay, so then if the council has any questions about these, uh, they can talk to you during the rest of the month Correct. too, yeah. and you know, uh, real, real a lot quick. of these have been on our list for a number of years, mm -hmm. and so a lot, a lot of the council identify them from 
before. Somebody wanted to say something. I was going to say something, Louise. The Melrose project, there was some type of time constraint, if I remember correctly, on on having to utilize dollars for that. Do you recall off the top of your head? Yes, this is getting federal money, uh, mm -hmm. surface transportation funding mm -hmm. uh, through the MPO. And it was voted on by the mm -hmm. Urbanized Area Policy Board in like 17, 18. And, uh, but uh, during these times, uh, it's delayed a little, but some of the projects because of COVID and construction and, you know, it's been okay to delay them a little bit. Great. You know, so uh, I yeah, think I'm, that's I'm, an okay timeline, even though we had the timeline a little sooner at one time, yeah. but during these times, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. yeah Louise, so this would uh, be good. Yes. I was. I just pulled up the actual uh, agreement that the city has with the MPO for that funding, and so the, the the first time it would be available is is essentially like now, 2022. Right. Um, and then it says you need to start work on the project within three years, roughly. Uh, that's their their goal. So there there is a buffer for sure, but. Right. And, and as I understand it, for them, starting on the project means starting like design of the project. So there is definitely a buffer. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Because uh, this at the time was a project that was one and a half million and we received about half of that, 50% of it. And since that's been a number of years, the project costs will go up. And uh, we're hoping that the, that, you know, we'll get some property tax in from the hotel, from eventually Finkbine. And, uh, you know, but thanks for clarifying that. Yep. Uh, people have been, other, the, the Urbanized Area Policy Board, which I'm a member representing University Heights, has been uh, very generous and in, in being understanding during COVID times. And these projects are, 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 it's understandable that some of them are a little delayed due to budget constraints and things. So. Is there any federal infrastructure money available to us down folks or as folks down, downstream, I should say? Downstream, I don't know exactly what you well, mean. Well, the federal, is, is the federal gonna, pawn some money over to the state and then we yeah uh, that's this, that's what this is okay this is from the infrastructure yes. bill. okay yes it is and uh we have to do it only on arterials so we our arterials are sunset and melrose so our projects have to be that are eligible are sunset and melrose just to remind people that we can't do it on Kozer, you know get a funding for that. And in previous times, we got the white sidewalk on Melrose. And we got the white sidewalk on um, Sunset. That was a uh, different funding. It was, uh, I think it was called TIP Transportation Alternative Programming. Maybe it was TAP. I'll take, you know, they have so many TIP, TAP, you know. This is surface, this is STBG, Surface Transportation Block Grant monies. And this is the money that the federal government gives to the state of Iowa. And then it's for the projects, for the roads projects. And then it's filtered to the MPOs, the Metropolitan Planning Organizations. And then, uh, um, and then they, you know, you're up for it and they vote on it and decide on that money. And it's usually... Uh, it's going to be coming up again here, I think, next year, and it's going to be about six, seven million. But you know how expensive these roads are; it doesn't go very far. No. So they kind of usually don't give any more than fifty percent to any project. And uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I would really like to start on that project, but we'll have to see our need. 
and, and, you know, with the design and all, but I think um, we kind of have to bring Steph and Tim up to date on these things. And uh, I think uh, Josiah could send a PDF file to you to look at and see what the project looks like. Can you do that? I mean, why don't you send it to all the council? Yeah, Josiah. that sounds good. I will do that. Okay, very good. So, and so, you know, we'll be talking about these projects in March and uh, they'll, they'll come with a recommendation when we find out the dollars, what we, what, and then it's a council decision at the end. But there's recommendations from the committee that come in. And, and uh, so any, any more questions for Josiah or uh, uh, anything from uh, Doug? Do you have anything to add, Doug? Uh, not at this time. Okay, sure. So, okay, so we'll go on to the next agenda item, which is uh, building zoning and sanitation. And Tim, do you have anything this month? No items here. Okay, very good. And then uh, e-government, Lisa, you sent a round of report. Uh, does anybody have any questions for Lisa? Okay. So we'll go on to announcements. Are there any announcements? Okay, uh, is there any objection to adjournment? Hearing none, the meeting's adjourned by unanimous consent. Thanks everyone for coming. We'll see you March 1st at seven.